Well, I'm, I'm just going to kind of try to finish today on um, something we started, uh, we mentioned a few weeks ago, and then and over the course of the years, we've talked about it, and just the principles of serving and the ministry of serving, and uh, a message that I shared uh, last month or um, two months ago now at uh, Blue Ridge, and just the Lord put it on my heart, and so just kind of an extension of this um, uh, sermon and this message and the series, and uh, just really want to bless you today with that. So if you'll turn with me in, uh, in your Bibles or click on your device to Philippians chapter 2, uh, I read this a lot, read it a lot, like it a lot, Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 5, um, Paul begins to talk about Jesus and, and his example, and he says this in verse 5, Philippians chapter 2, let this mind be in you or have this kind of mentality which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. In verse 9, because of this, God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every other name in heaven and in earth and everything under the earth. And what? Every, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, as the Bible says in verse 11, that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Because Jesus humbled himself, God exalted Jesus. Amen. How many know Jesus came as a servant? He did not come as a politician. He did not come as a king over the nation of Israel, although he could have because he was in the lineage of David, King David, but he came as what? A servant. He came to serve. He came, Jesus said, I didn't come that other people will serve me. That's not why I'm here. I'm here that I might serve and give my life as a ransom for many. How many know he's a spotless lamb of God like we sang this morning and he laid down his life willingly as a servant for us. Aren't you glad for that? How many thankful that Jesus came as a servant? Amen. And so Jesus has this greatest example but one of the things I want to point out today and talk to you about about the ministry of serving is that Jesus was into towels not titles. <laughs> He could, have, he could have taken the title. He could have taken that title of King David in the lineage. He could have taken the title of the political of title. He could have taken a lot of titles, but he came and he was more into towels than he was into titles. And so I want to talk to you today about towels over titles, the ministry of serving. And see, we see Jesus' example here. One of the things about Jesus is he was not afraid to wash the disciples' feet and humble himself. He was not afraid to sit with tax collectors and, 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 and all that. He was not afraid to touch lepers because he knew who he was. He was the servant of the Lord. Amen. He knew his place. He knew his identity that not only was he uh, the, the son of a carpenter, but he was also the son of the living God. He knew that and he chose to come as a servant. And one of the things about serving is it did not take away from the royalty and majesty of Jesus. Many people think, well, you know, if, if you know, Jesus humbled himself and he, he became a servant and, and somehow he became like a man and he's not royal anymore. No. In fact, the Bible makes it clear because he humbled himself and became like a servant, what? He was highly exalted. Amen. So he, he was, as he became a servant, the Bible says because of that, and he humbled himself unto death, what happened? He was elevated, he was lifted up to that royal position, amen, that he is in, and so we're so thankful for that. So how many know Jesus was into towels, not titles? 
Amen? And Jesus gave us a picture of that. How many know servants are, are, are into towels? When you think of a servant, you think of somebody, a waiter or somebody. They have a towel. They're always using that towel to serve. Well, Jesus uh, took off his robe one day, and he put, the Bible says, a sash around him as a servant. And he showed us what a servant looks like. He actually dressed like a servant that day. And he bowed down, he got on his knees, and he washed the disciples' feet. And it wasn't because, uh, you know, they, they needed to clean their feet before they came into church or anything like that. It was to show that he is a servant. And how many know if Jesus said he's a servant, how many of you called us to service? He's called us to be a servant. So as Jesus was called to serve, we are called to serve. Amen. Let's pray today. Father, we just thank you for your mighty word. Thank you for your truth today. Thank you that we have an anchor in your word in our lives, Lord. That we're not just searching for something. We're not just a, a bunch of atoms floating through space. But we have your word. We can build on it. We can live by it. And I thank you for your word today. I pray that your word would speak to us in so many powerful ways like it does. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Look at Philippi if you look at Philippians chapter 1, verse 1, Paul opens up the letter and he says, Paul and Timothy, we are the servants of Jesus Christ. Paul, James, Jude, and I believe it's Peter opened up their letters by saying this, we are the servants of Christ. Peter, a servant of Christ. Paul, a servant of Christ, called to be an apostle. But he identified himself with his character of Jesus, what Jesus identified himself with, and that is a servant of Jesus Christ. Amen. He is the servant of the Lord. So that's, that's what we're called to do. And he, Jesus showed us that our call is to serve. Our call primarily in the Lord is to serve him, is to serve other people. That's our call, and I believe that we need to be caught up with that. You know, Jesus gave a principle that the, the servant is not above his master. How many know we're not better than Jesus? We'll never have a ministry greater than Jesus. You're never going to have a healing ministry greater than Jesus. Now, Jesus said, greater works shall you do, but ultimately, you're not going to be better than him. In other words, you're not going to do it a different way, right, than what he did it and get different results. Amen? So if Jesus was called to serve, how many know we're called to serve? If Jesus humbled himself and became a servant, how many know we are to humble ourselves and become a servant? I say this all the time about serving, is that the greatest title and position in the kingdom of God for us is a servant. It's not a prophet. It's not a regional bishop. It's not a global pastor. It is a servant. Two people, that's awesome. So the greatest title and position in the kingdom, and you've got to get that revelation, is being a servant. And so as Jesus taught us that serving like Jesus points to a higher level of living. We would say that a higher level of living is being rich and having possessions and having things and being famous and well-known, right? We would call that a higher level of living. But Jesus said that serving is the higher level of living in the kingdom, how many believe that? I mean, so I believe that. And one of the things that I've, I've come to understand about serving is that it's God's pathway to love and maturity in your life as a Christian. That's God's pathway. You're not going to get it any other way, really, you know, but serving. Serving brings love and maturity. Read Philippians and the letter that he's writing here to the church. He's talking about unity and love and uh, being like-minded and serving one another. He's talking about loving one another, and he's talking about, amen, that this is, the, this is the pathway to love and maturity, and Jesus showed us the path. He showed us the way to love and maturity, amen? And it's the development of leadership. How many know you're not going to be a leader in the kingdom if you're not a servant? 
right? So Jesus, how many know, the Bible says he became a servant and then he was exalted. And so we see this uh, principle of this development of leadership. And it really is the key in every successful relationship in our lives is being a servant. How many know it, it works in marriage? If more people were to be a servant in marriage, there'd be less divorces. If we just have a heart of a servant, if we would just say, I'm not here to get, I'm here to give. I'm not here to take, I'm here to give. Come on. If we had the heart of a servant, I mean, maybe we would have kids that would stick around home more. Maybe we would have kids that really grew up and became workers and, and tremendous parts of society instead of lazy bums, right? So I'm just a servant, right? Instead of everybody serving me, right, I'm here to serve everyone else. And so that's the key to every successful relationship. And so serving also is this tremendous uh, spiritual principle. Because if you want to, to, to have spiritual authority, you've got to serve in the natural. When you serve in the natural, you will have spiritual authority. Well, I have spiritual authority because I'm loud and I'm obnoxious and I pray loud and I flail my arms when I pray. No, that doesn't give you spiritual authority. Amen? Being a servant in the natural opens the door for spiritual authority. You know why? The devil doesn't want you to be a servant. Why? Because he could not defeat a servant the first time. So he knows if you're a servant, he can't destroy you. He can't defeat you. If, you, if you're now elevating yourself, if you're following your own desires, your own will, he can get to you. Right? If you're giving yourself, you know, worship and, and, and you're all into self-glorification, how many know the devil can get to you? But if we're a servant like Jesus, he can't defeat us. And so he knows that. And so that's why it's such a tremendous principle that we see here. As Jesus humbled himself, he was also elevated. God. What does the Bible say? If we will what? Humble ourselves, God will lift you up. Don't lift yourself up. God will lift you up. Amen? How many are thankful for that? How many have ever experienced God lifting you up after a humbling situation? Amen. But here it is about being a servant is it really, is, you have to understand it, it releases the power of God in your life. It releases the presence of God and the purpose of God in your life. <laughs> Amen? Did you know that? Well, I don't know what to do for God. Uh, I think I want to do something great. I want to do something really amazing. Amen? Start serving. Then you'll start to see the purpose of God in your life. Amen. That's why I teach your children to serve at home because it releases the purpose of God in their life. Amen. How many know their future can open up and in a greater way when they learn how to serve? Amen. And so that's what's important. So not only are we called to serve, but we, we, we have to choose to serve. Number two, Jesus chose to serve. And so like Jesus, we've got to align ourselves with the call of God by choice. We choose to serve. Lord, I'm, I choose to serve you with all my heart. I choose to serve other people. And so I want to share with you three things today, if I, if I get to them, that a true servant chooses these three things. Number one, a true servant chooses towels over titles, chooses function over position, and chooses unity over rulership. Amen. Let me explain. Towels over titles, when we talk about that and, and Jesus, how he came to be a servant, one of the things that's important about being in the kingdom of God is you don't start at the bottom as a servant and then work your way up to like a, a, an elite pastor. That's not how it works. Serving is the goal for every believer. It is the beginning and it is the end goal for every believer. How many believe that? Amen? So it's not this thing where if I just come in the church and, and then I just kind of like serve a little bit, then man, I'm going to be elevated. I'm going to be the guy, right? That's not how it works. What it is, is that servanthood is that ultimate goal for all of us, for every believer. 
Jesus said in Luke 22, verse 27, he said, Who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? And he said, Isn't it the one at the table? Isn't that the greatest person? Jesus said, Yeah. He said, But that's not me. He said, I've come the one that serves. I'm taking that lesser position. And he said, That's what you need to do. And he said, I'm not just the person that, he said, I could be the one that comes to, to sit down at that thing, at that, at that place, and, and, and everybody's got to serve me. He said, but no, I'm the one. And this blew everybody's mind. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you're the Messiah. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you're the one who serves. That's the humbling position that Jesus takes, amen, that he teaches us to take. So how many know you choose to serve, right? Amen. And so... What we would consider lower, insignificant, and even like a, an inferior a position or class, Jesus considers important and necessary and even anointed in the kingdom of God, and that is serving. Amen? All right, I know everybody's thinking, man, if I, if I make myself a, available to serve, they're just going to take advantage of me. People are going to walk all over me. Amen. Well, guess what? Amen. You're not greater than Jesus. Guess what Jesus said? He laid his life down, and guess what? There's times where people walked all over him. But how many know the Bible says that God had highly exalted him because he was willing to do that? Amen. And so God sees that, and God recognizes that, and it's anointed. And so many times we see that the ultimate goal of ministry is being a pastor, being behind the pulpit, having the mic. I know people coming in the church, and they're young, and, and they're just, you know, that's great. You have a lot of desire, but there's a wrong way to get there to where God has for you, and that is everybody wants wants to like, and if I can get the mic, if I can just be in front of people, if I can just be the pastor, uh, you know, that'd be great. How many know that's not the ultimate goal of ministry in the church? You know what the ultimate goal is? Being who God called you to be and serving other people. That's the ultimate goal, right? Come on, somebody, man. If God happens to call you to be a pastor, awesome. Praise God. If God calls you to do something, that's great. But it's not going to change who you are in Christ. Amen. Let me just give you a couple truths about titles. Number one, titles are a part of God's design for order and growth in the church. So titles are a part of God's design and order and growth in the church. And God uses those things. But, you know, a title recognizes what someone does, but serving reveals who they are. And that's the difference. So you can put a title on somebody that's not going to make them. And so really what that is is that it, it, it underst we understand that a title does not create a servant's heart. Let me say it one more time. A title or a position does not create a servant's heart. Man, if, once I get that position, once I get that title, then I'm going to be a good worker. Then I'm going to love people. Then I'm going to serve. Oh, man, watch me serve. No, watch you serve first. Then you get the title comes later, right? So you know what that'd be like? That's like me putting a label of clean water on a bottle of bleach. How many know the label doesn't change the content? And so you can put a label on uh, you can put a label on a donkey, but it doesn't change what you know what he is, right? Amen. So you can call him a horse, but he's not a horse. <laughs> Amen. So a, t a title doesn't change or, or create a servant's heart in us. It, but what it does is a title is an added responsibility to serving. That's all it is. So if you have this title of this and God calls you this and that and everything, just like Paul the Apostle, he recognizes that the servant was first and then I'm called to be an apostle. So that apostleship was just an added responsibility to who he already was in Christ. Anybody, right? So, and so for Jesus, uh, the title was man's will. 
Man's will wanted to give Jesus that title of king and, and political leader, but God's will for Jesus was a towel. That was God's will, and it's the same for us. And so we not just are called to being a servant, but we choose to be a servant. Let me just give you a few things that Jesus warns servants about titles. When it comes to titles, Jesus warns servants about this. Number one, and that is celebrity status. Jesus always warns people about this. And even himself would not allow himself to come into this celebrity status in Israel and in their culture and among the Jews. Jesus said in Matthew 20, if you want to be great, right? If you want to be the greatest of all, you need to be the servant of all. If you want to be the chief or the leader, you've got to be the minister. You've got to be the servant. If you want to be the minister, you've got to be the slave, he said. And so if you want to be great, how many know Jesus said there's nothing wrong with being great? He said, if you want to be great, I'm going to give you the key. You've got to be the servant of all, right? That's what Jesus said. So, so he describes greatness and leadership. And, and you know, Jesus said there's nothing wrong with wanting to be great. Amen. But how many know when you start serving everyone and you're just a servant to all, that greatness kind of goes out the window a little bit. Like, I really don't want to be that great because I don't want to keep serving people. Right? No. And so, but it, it really ruins that celebrity status. And, and when, you, when you serve all... Um, how many know you're not going to be a celebrity of all? Jesus said, be the servant of all, not the celebrity of all. And I like to say this um, to people that Jesus doesn't make men into celebrities. He only makes men into servants. Amen? Someone said, well, no, no, my man, God's going to elevate me. I'm going to be this and I'm going to be that. And God's going to make me a celebrity in the church. He said, nope, Jesus doesn't make men to celebrities. Nowhere in the scriptures, he didn't do it in his personal life, he didn't do it in his life, nowhere in the scriptures does Jesus come to make you a celebrity. He only makes you a servant. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so when you become the servant of all, it relieves you from the pressure of being the celebrity of all. Right? But it also releases you into the power of the ministry to all. So when we, we become a servant of all, as Jesus t uh, taught us, then you, you enter into this power of the ministry to everyone, to, every, to all. So that's what I've learned. And Jesus also told us that take a lesson from the Pharisees. They were trying to always promote themselves and they were trying to you know, always get to that celebrity status. And he said this, look at the product of a man's ministry rather than presentation of a man's ministry. Judge a tree by its fruit, not by its leaves. Right? So if you want to know if somebody really is a great person or great in the kingdom, if you want to know somebody really is a, a leader in the church or in the kingdom, measure their servanthood. Measure and look at their lives of them serving at home, serving their wife and their children and serving their, uh, in their, where they work and serving their community and serving the church. Think about it. So Jesus said, don't measure a man by the presentation of ministry, but look at the product of his ministry. Is he a servant? Is he, is he going around bragging about himself? Is he going around blowing trumpets, telling everybody he's fasting? Does he try to wear the longest robe, which is really weird, by the way? But that was the big thing back in the day. The longer you robe, the more shiny things you had on it, the more closer you were to God. How many know that doesn't make you a servant? He said, don't judge a person by that. Don't look at that and say, wow, that guy's ministry is amazing. Amen. Look at the product. Look at the fruit. Amen of his ministry. And so I believe that many are trying to be something great without doing anything great, which usually leads to not living great, right? So if you're trying to be something great without doing anything great, it's usually going to lead to not living great. In fact, I like to think of it this way, that if you're striving in the church, if you're striving to be the goat, the greatest of all time, you're usually going to wind up being the lamb, lame and miserable at best, 
right? So I made that one up. Just made that up. How many know? You try, if you're striving, Jesus said, if you're striving and that's your desire and that's your goal and you want that celebrity status, you're going to be lame and miserable. That's what it is. It's just you're going to lose, right? Amen. How many want to be like Jesus? Amen. And you know, Jesus made it clear that it's hard to carry your cross if you're busy carrying your title. You can't carry both. Amen. you got to carry your cross. And I believe that really as we see this it's crept into the church over the years of celebrity ministry and celebrity status among members in the church, I believe that that poison of entitlement erodes the heart of a servant. Before you know it, nobody wants to be, to, to be the servant. Everybody wants to be you know, in, in charge and everybody wants to have that rulership and that position. And then when, what happens as we see in Matthew 20, we start fighting amongst ourselves. We start divisions amongst ourselves. We start disunity in the body of Christ. There's fractions and all kinds of brokenness in the body when we start worrying about who is the greatest. Is that right? And so number two that we, Jesus warned us uh, servants about, he warned us about recognition from people not the praise of men stay away from the praise of men stay away from the recognition from people doing things for recognition that's what a servant does not do that's the furthest thing from a servant's heart and servant's mind is doing things for recognition you know yelling and hey everybody look at me I I did this and I did that I mean Jesus said I'm not like that Jesus said, don't be like that. When, when you fast, don't tell anybody you're fasting. When you give to the poor, don't boast about it, right? Come on, don't take a selfie with a homeless man when you drop that quarter in the cup. Don't do that. Don't boast about your good works. Come on, somebody, right? How I many you know there's a lot of people doing that? Ever seen that on TikTok or whatever? And it's just like, okay, whatever. You know, look at I'm doing for Jesus, right? And it's just like, don't do that. Don't get that recognition from people. A servant never represents himself. Did you know that? A servant never represents himself. Therefore, he can never promote himself. And as a servant of the Lord, we don't represent ourselves. We represent Jesus. So we can never promote ourselves. We can only promote him. That's what we should be doing. And so even Jesus said, I'm not here on my own. If you've seen me, you've seen the what? Father. I'm here to show you the Father. I'm here to reveal the Father to you, right? Come on, somebody. Is that right? Jesus said that. And then a servant works for everyone else but himself. Jesus said, I'm not here to do my own thing. Even Jesus said that. I'm not here to do my own thing. I'm here to do the works of the one who sent me and finish his work and complete his work. Amen. I love that about Jesus. And so don't boast about your good works for the purpose of recognition. Again, the Pharisees with the long robes and the seating arrangement was such a big deal in the temple and and blowing trumpets and announcing that you're fasting and how much you gave to the poor this week. All that stuff. Don't do that. Don't get caught up in that. That's a temptation of a servant and it erodes the heart of a servant. Amen. I believe that only religious people who have no intention of loving people brag about their own works. It's all it is, is it's just, it's a religious person who really doesn't love people will brag about their own works. Amen. The Bible says in the book of Revelation that when you, a, a righteous man appears before the throne of God, amen, his good works don't go before him, they come after him. The man that all his works go before him, look at my works, look at my works. The Bible says they're just dry up, they're just burn up. But the man that comes before the Lord says, here's my heart, and the works follow behind him, the Bible says that man's going to be blessed. Amen. So don't boast about that, right? And so our battle is fighting the attitude of exaltation and being tempted with self-preservation. 
as that's my that's our really our temptation as a servant just this this attitude of self-exaltation and self-promotion that's really our struggle isn't it because as people we need value we need affirmation we need approval but the point in the scriptures and what the kingdom teaches us as a servant is to give it to others first to meet the needs and others first that need that come on not to go around seeking all this value and approval and affirmation for your you'll never find it that way the only way you're going to find it is when you're valuing other people approving of other people affirming other people that they're they're loved of God they're they're come on in a good way by the way right you know in the righteous way that God loves you you're made you're created in his image amen and you're an image bearer in God and when you do that in other people the Bible says by watering others you yourself become watered It all starts with serving others first. So how many believe you're called to serve? How many believe you need to choose to serve? Amen, I believe that. And so the old nature, we have a problem that our old nature holds this thing in in among us. It really kind of binds us, and that is uh, pride. Our old lower nature uh, in all of us, we have this thing in common of our pride. It's really just our self-preservation and the self-glorification that we have to battle against. How many believe that with your heart? But how many believe the Holy Spirit is moving in your life to help you win over that? To, I mean, to, to show you hey, how to get out of that and how to, how to defeat that. And I believe that as people, we inherited a rock star mentality. You were born with a rock star mentality. I'm going to be great. I'm going to be famous. Everybody needs to worship me. I mean, you were born with that. And the Holy Spirit moves in our lives to defeat that, to get rid of that, that that needs to die in us. Then I need to be served first. I need to be recognized. I need to be approved first. No, you got to do it in other people first before it's ever in you, right? Come on. How many know the rock star's got to die? Amen. Hallelujah. And us. That's what happens at the cross. See, pride is the enemy of serving. Pride took an angel and made a devil out of him, right? Hello? And so pride always looks for some foreign form of self-glorification. That's pride. Whatever we do in our lives that, that points the finger to us is always glorification to us, and it's always wrong. I love what the late uh, Brother T.F. Tenney said. He said, we're never more like the devil than when we see glory for ourselves. How I many know that's true, isn't it? Yeah. And so serving only destroys your flesh, never your spirit. When you serve other people and you go outside, especially in your marriage, it only destroys your pride. It only destroys your stubbornness. It only destroys the things that will destroy your marriage, right? It only hurts those things. It never hurts the good. It never hurts your spirit. It's always building. Is that right? Amen? So how many know we need to choose to serve? Is that right? Amen. So we choose to serve. Amen. God will begin to do something amazing in our lives and we'll begin to see peace and love and joy in our homes and our lives. I love that when we just serve one another. See, the recognition and the affirmation of others can become more addictive than any drug. How many believe that? When you are, all you need is the affirmation of other people. All you're working for is the approval and recognition of other people. You'll never get satisfied. You never find satisfaction. How many believe that, right? So I believe that as we see Jesus' life, people wanted to exalt Jesus for his gifts, not because he was God. And Jesus saw that in people, and the Bible says he walked away from people. He got away from that. How many have ever read that when Jesus, he just said he walked away? He just, he just, they wanted to exalt him, and what did he do? He just walked away. Why? Because he knew they were exalting his gifts, not him as God. 
And he said, listen, there's another way that you're going to exalt me as God. If I be lifted up, then I'll draw all men. I have to be lifted up on the cross. That's how we glorify Jesus as God. Come on, somebody. Amen. And so that's what Jesus saw that in people. And um, the second thing that I can't even finish today, and that is the function over position. Function over position. This is the greatest principle to a healthy church. And this is what it means to really function as the body of Christ. God's called all of us. He's given us all gifts. He's given us, and, and not, they're not all the same. They're not all at the same level. We're all kind of growing, come on, and, and developing. And, and uh, we need each other like a body. And this is body ministry, that you would function rather than seek a position. Who cares about a position? If you can't function in the body of Christ, I mean, it's just like, hey, you know, I've got this really cool sneakers on but you've got a broken foot does it really matter right is it really? see so we want the health of the body is more important amen than the kind of that <laughs> the the, the, the look of the body and so we've got to do our part and a servant never thinks in terms of the self or individual he never thinks of, of, of in terms of individuality a servant always thinks of the the person other people first and who he's serving first that's just how we need to be as the body of Christ we don't come into church on Sunday morning thinking how am I going to get my praise on what I need to do to feel good how did I behave this week come on we don't think of any of that stuff we think of who can I bless today who can I encourage today? Lord, how do you want to use me in the gifts of the Spirit to build somebody's faith, to encourage the body of Christ? Anybody? Hello? How can I be used to edify the body? Not how can I, you know, just get through this sermon and then say I, you know, make that check mark, I went to church this week. Lord, how can I, amen, be a part of the body of Christ? And so I believe that who you are in Christ trumps what you do or don't do on Sunday morning. It's who you are in Christ. You're the servant of the Lord. You're here to to serve. And so I believe that as you have that heart to serve, God will pour out his spirit in, on you, amen, to equip you to do what he's called you to do, which is serve, right? Amen? Amen. How many know God pours the spirit on us when we want to serve? Let me just quickly go through a couple things that I believe that there's, there's nothing, and this as a pastor and as a leader, there's nothing more disruptive in the flow of the vision of a church than someone who wants a title, I mean, that's just me, right? That's just me. And as a leader, we've seen that. As elders and our eldership team, we just know that. We've seen that. It disrupts the flow of the vision. We're trying to move this way, and somebody wants to stand out among us. And how many know, you know, that's not going to happen in the church. It disrupts the flow of the vision. Why? Because somebody wants to be recognized. Somebody wants to be better than somebody else. Somebody wants to say, I'm the greatest, like John and James. We're the greatest of all the apostles. We're, we're the greatest of all the disciples, right? Is that what they said? And so sometimes what happens as a pastor, it's very frustrating for the leadership team. We're trying to work and let's move everybody towards this vision. Let's everybody be a part and do your part. And there's somebody that's like, but I want a title. All right. Toilet manager. There's your title, right? Right? Leaf raker. There's your title, right? I don't know. Whatever. But how many know it disrupts the flow of the vision when somebody wants to stand out and somebody wants to be in charge of everybody, right? Amen? And so I always tell uh, people, you know, and especially young people, get the heart of a servant before the voice of a preacher. Get the heart of a servant before you get the voice of a preacher. Any minister who won't be a servant before God may become a monster before people who demand service for himself. That's not good, is it? 
All right, let's move through this. And so, really, I just want to just encourage you that the power of serving is faithfulness and trust. And I'm just going to run through this one, uh, is, is faithfulness and trust. And that's the power of serving right there. It's not just showing up. It's not just saying, okay, I'm here for work night or whatever. It's just not uh, once a year, you know, you decide to, like, help somebody uh, work, you know, whatever. No, it's not that. It's the heart of a, uh, the servant. The power of serving is faithfulness and trust. And that's what, that's what it's all about, is that faithfulness. Paul told Timothy, it's required of stewards or servants to be found faithful. Right? Jesus warned us, don't be an unprofitable servant. Be a profitable servant. In other words, an unprofitable servant is someone who is unreliable in their call. God's called them, God's gifted them, and they're not faithful in it. They won't do anything about it. Come on, somebody. Amen. Doing just enough with the wrong perspective and attitude. That's an unprofitable servant. How many know your kids are like that on Saturday? They want to sleep and play video games. That's an unprofitable servant. Right? We got to get chores done. We've got things to do. You got to get moving. Right? Anybody? How many have a chore list? Let me see your parents that have a chore list. Anybody? How many? Whoa, nobody. Oh, two people. They're great. Okay, good. We're going to talk about work next week because that's really important. Anyways, so... How many grew up with a chore list? Anybody? Okay, yeah, you know what that's like, right? And so what did you try to do? You tried to like sneak out of the house before mom woke up, before you realized what your chores are, right? Or you just barely did it, right? You just barely did your chores. You put all the dishes in one pile, real neat pile. You stacked them real high and, you, and it made it look like you did something. How do you know that's an unprofitable servant? You were supposed to put them in the dishwasher and wash them. And the, the realization of our kids, like, learning how to, like, wash dishes without a dishwasher was mind-blowing. <laughs> what? Water, soap, dishes. Uh, uh, I, I'm confused, right? So, yeah. So, but how do you know unprofitable servant is somebody that does just enough to get by, doesn't do the job right, and they do it with a bad attitude. I mean, that's an unprofitable servant. So don't be an unprofitable servant in the house of the Lord. God wants to trust you with people. God wants to trust you with finances. God wants to trust you with, uh, you know, the ministry and the gifts of the Spirit. And so God is looking for you to be trustworthy. Amen with those things. How many a servant is trustworthy? A servant usually has the keys to the house and keys to the cabinets and this and that and and they know where everything is and God wants to trust you with the gifts of the spirit. God wants to trust you with ministry but he needs to do that. And the final thing I just want to um finish on and that is it not just function over position that's important we could go a long ways on that one but unity over rulership just having unity among us that's the most important thing notice this in Philippians chapter 2 Paul opens up this letter by saying this in verse 3 do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit rather in humility value others above yourself not looking to your own interest but each of you to the interest of others amen How many know he opens up that letter and so as he begins to talk about the importance of that, he says this, I'm going to use Jesus as the greatest example because he is. Let the mind, this mentality, it starts with a mentality that was in Jesus. It's got to be in you first. If you want to be great in the kingdom, you've got to have the mentality of Jesus. Come on, somebody. You've got to have the motives of Jesus, which brings us to this point and is unity and love. The, The motive of Jesus was love. How many know love sent Jesus to the cross? love kept him hanging on the cross love was the thing that resurrected Jesus out of the grave amen love was the thing that sent the Holy Spirit amen 
Hallelujah, right? And how many loves coming back, right? So love is the motivation when Jesus, the Bible says, because of the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Because he saw you and me. Because he saw our sins forgiven and he saw a day that you and I would have the opportunity to come into the kingdom of God and have eternal life. How many know Jesus saw that, right? Amen. And he valued that over any kind of position or rulership, you know, and, and even with the disciples, he was more concerned about raising up disciples than he was ruling Caesar. Amen? I mean, I love that about Jesus. So let me give you two quick points and then we'll pray. Number one, I believe when it comes to unity over rulership, when it comes to being a servant, real unity comes by real love. If you want unity in your home, if you want unity in your marriage, you want your kids and unity in your, in, within your kids, it's got to start with real love. It can't be just words. How many know it's got to be action, right? And it can't be just intentions. I intend on being a good dad. I intend on being a good father. No, it is words and actions. And so it's real love. It's sincere love. And in the church, River Valley Church, this is what's going to make us grow. And this is what's going to cause us to be a healthy, uh, functioning church is that we really love one another. Not that we just come to church and say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love God. I love other people. Yeah, whatever. No, we really love God one another. We're concerned about what we're going through. We're concerned about, we're not being nosy and busybodies, right? No, we're concerned. I'm praying for you and your family and your children and, your, and, your, and that, uh, the need that you have in your life. How many know we really need to love each other? Hello? Have you been outside recently? Have you, have you paid attention to what's going on? There's very little love going on right now. There's a lot of hostility going on right now. How many know true love is in Jesus Christ? Because God is love. And we know God. And we share that love with God. And that's the thing that we have to not just say that we love one another. We've got to show it. Well, that's, you know, the pastor and the elders. That's what they do in our church. You know, they, they're, that's their job. No, my job is to equip you to do the work of the ministry. And the work of the ministry has everything to do with serving. And serving has everything with love. Amen? Right? Amen. The Bible says in Galatians, by love, serve one another. Because of love, by love, through love, in love, serve one another. Not when you feel like it. You don't serve when you feel. You serve until you feel. How many know that one works at home? If you were going to sit around and wait until you feel like serving your partner or being kind and and all this stuff, it's never going to happen. Right? Maybe next week I'll feel to do that. No, but if you just begin to do it, how many know there's times you begin to serve and you just, you know, you serve, you do things that you weren't asked, you're tired, but you still do it. You just go out of your way. Come on. How many know there's, there's feelings that come after that? There's feelings that arise after that. So it's important to do that, isn't it? Amen. And I just want to just say this, that um, the worst kind of service is the service that's done with a fake smile and a real attitude. Fake service right? Brings fake results. <laughs> and so we want to do it genuinely and, and real. And the Bible makes it clear that in 1 Corinthians, the gifts of the Spirit are given to us to serve. God is so good and he's so wise and so smart that he says, I'm going to empower you with the Holy Spirit and, and I need you to build the church and I'm going to give you the tools to do it. And the gifts of the Spirit are the tools to build each other up. Did you know that? No, the gifts of the Spirit make me look great. The gifts of the Spirit make me awesome. No, the gifts of the Spirit are to make other people look awesome. (laughs) 
They're to build other people up. They're to be a sign and a wonder to those that don't know the Lord of his love and his, and his reality that he exists, that he loves them and he died for them. Amen. How many know God gives us the gifts to serve? Amen. How many know God gives us the gifts to serve? Amen. I really wish that we were having a work night this week because, man, we would have such an attendance record breaker. Amen. But, but gifts are served. In 1 Corinthians 13, it's called the love chapter. It says that you can have great ministry, but no love. You can have great gifts, but no love. You can have great works, but no love. And then in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul says that we are desired the best gifts. We are to desire those best gifts, but he didn't say desire the best position. Because the gifts are all about building the body, serving one another. And this is the love of God that brings the unity of God in our midst. And that's what I want people to see. I want people to see that we're unified. When my wife and I just recently, you know, just been back from uh, Rock Church of Franklin. We love them. They're such awesome people. And it's not just the pastors that are awesome. I mean, all the people. We're just like every, we love that church. We love those people. And we, I mean, we, we just can't get out. We're, we were the last ones to leave. Right? We're the last ones to leave on Sunday here. And then we go to another church and we're the last ones to leave. Literally, the pastors weren't even there. We were out in the parking lot talking to some of the elders we were loving on. And we just love them because they're just so open and so loving to us and welcoming. And, and they're just, they just share with us. And when my wife goes, wait, there's so many people that pull us aside and they just encourage us in the Lord. Wow, that's amazing, right? And we just, that's the love of God. And so we desire, amen, not the best position. We desire the best gifts that people could be built up, that we can have unity in the spirit, amen. How many believe that God wants us to choose to serve, amen? How many, how many are called to serve? Let me see your hand. Every hand needs to be up. Every hand needs to be up. Amen. How many believe that today I'm going to choose to serve? And God's going to give you opportunities, whether it's in the store, at home, or wherever. I'm going to have the opportunity to serve. And I don't want to turn that opportunity down. I don't want pride to get in the way. I don't want, uh, you know, my attitude to get in the way. But I want to be like Jesus, who's called me to serve, who himself served. And because of that, the Bible says that God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. And how many know, amen, as we present Jesus to to the world, as we just go as servants to the world, and as the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, we just carry water to the desert places. We're just servants, amen. We're nameless, amen. We're just, we're just, we're just servants of the Lord. You don't need to know the good that's going on. I believe people are going to turn to the Lord. The Bible says, Let your light so shine that men see your good works that what they glorify your Father which is in heaven. I mean, God wants us to be such a, a, a way that we live so naturally as servants that people just see us and they don't say, look at you. Wow, you're amazing. They say, God is real. Uh, you know what I mean? So think about that. So this morning, I want to challenge you that as we go our ways and we go through our week, amen, that Lord, just help me. Give me opportunity to serve that I can, I can choose towels over titles. <laughs> And in the church, when it comes to the church and whatever we're doing, and, and I, I want to I be, you know, I don't just want to serve in the parking lot. Man, I want to be in charge of the parking lot. No, we just need people to show up, greet people, love on people, make our visitors feel welcome. Come on. Amen. And then as you do that, the Lord, the Bible says that your, your gift will open the door for you. Your gift will open opportunities for you. Your serving will open opportunities for you. God will open the door for ministry because we have a heart to serve. How many can lift your hand to heaven and say, man, I love the Lord and I want to serve him and I want to serve the church like never before. Amen. Can we stand on our feet today? Amen. I am very thankful for 
all those who serve. I am so thankful for the people that serve and, and the serve teams on Sunday morning to, amen, the people that are down with our kids right now uh, in ministry. I, I so appreciate uh, Michael and Ashley and the team there serving on Thursday nights. Amen. Come on. I so appreciate the worship team, the media team. I appreciate the elders. I appreciate the directors in this church. Everyone that does the littlest things. I mean, it is so amazing. I so appreciate that. Amen. Every time we say, hey, we've got a need, and, and, and whether it's you know, for a, a ministry in town or whether it's for our church or whether it's the OC, it's like we've always, always seen such a tremendous response. And I love that. And I love that about this church, that we don't have to twist people's arm to like, you know, step up. It's so amazing. But let's let that continue and be contagious. Let's let the love of God be contagious and that serving just be contagious and let it trickle down to those that are coming into the church and let it trickle down to our kids and, and, the, and, and everyone that they see, wow, we really love each other. We really love Jesus and we want to be like him. I'm going to believe that today we've made that decision. I'm going to choose towels over titles. Amen. I'm going to choose... Amen, to serve. I just want to function in the church. I just want to be part of the body of Christ. You know, one person said that I'm the armpit of the body. I don't know about that. I don't know what you consider yourself. I don't know what your function is. Amen, but let me tell you something. Every one of us needs to do our part. Amen? So let's pray today. Father, we just thank you for your word. I thank you that you've called every one of us to serve like Jesus. And Lord, I thank you that you've given so many of us so many opportunities every day to serve, whether it's in our home, in our marriage, whether we with our parents or where, wherever it is, in our schools, our jobs. Lord, you've called us to serve. You've, you want us to choose to serve, and you've given us those opportunities to serve. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, that, that, that all competition is being dissolved in the church. All uh, and any competition about uh, who's who and who's better, Lord, that doesn't matter. None of that matters. It's all that we're all, all being built up in our faith and we're all going in the same direction to win the lost and win the city and show the city that God loves them and he's real and he's here to save them. We just pray that you would bless every marriage, bless every uh, business a person, Lord, here, that they would be blessed in their business by being the servants of the Lord, going the extra mile, going the extra mile, as Jesus said, doing the extra work, doing that extra work that what they didn't ask, Lord, just bless them beyond what they can contain in their life. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said amen and amen.